It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much to listening to tune in to Counterculture today. We're so glad you chose to spend time out of your busy life to hear about hear this little show that we got here over in the neck, this Phoenix neck of the woods. Uh, we have been loving seeing what God has been doing on this program. We are, we've just decided, I just felt the Lord wanted me to talk about peacemakers, find the bridge builders, the people who are building bridges and compassion and building our culture up to make it more of a beautiful place. And I believe that's a counterculture. I believe following Jesus and not choosing to fight, uh, not choosing to fight every battle and make everyone an enemy. Jesus called us to love our enemies. Mm-hmm. Being a peacemaker in a divided world is is a revolutionary act. And I think that's resonating with people because I think we're so divided and we need to hear stories and meet the people who are crossing those bridges. And so I'm thankful to be part of this and seeing the great, amazing people I get to meet in studio today. Oh, by the way, I need to give a shout out to my sponsor, Tesla. They sponsor my show. Um, they Well, actually, I'm sorry. You, you probably figured out, no, they don't sponsor my show. But I just want you to know I'm available, Tesla, that I am available that if you really do want to sponsor the show, I'm, I am available. Just reach out to me, and I'd greatly appreciate it. So I'm very open. No, I'm not some – I kid, I kid, I kid, I kid because I love. Um, so in studio today, we have Pamela Morrison from the Phoenix Rescue Mission. Hello, Pamela. Hello, Jonathan. I'm excited to be here today. I am too. Uh, so Pamela I, – I, Pamela's a friend. I don't use that term. I don't just throw that out. Everyone I know is a friend. There's acquaintances, and then there's like – some dude that I uh, that, who's not even acquaintance or just or some bro or sis or whatever, but she's a Pamela's a friend. Maybe what about five years now? We've known each other five six years. I would say five years. Yeah, yeah. I know. And yeah. so, um, so Pamela, she is you know she's like the reason she's friends because we 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 have a kindred spirit. Mm-hmm. We're about connection, and we're about loving and serving people. And so when, when we got to know each other, I was with the Department of Economic Security. You were with Phoenix Rescue Mission. And we both were trying to build bridges of cooperation. Right. Yeah. Right. And look where we are today. Look where we are today. In a, we're still building. We're still building. And there's lots of work to do for sure. But she is the community the, – say your title. Community Relationship Officer. The Community Relationship Officer. So I, I'm, you, don't, you can call her Officer Morrison. No. 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 I don't carry a badge. I don't carry a badge. No badges. And she doesn't dispense justice. No. She, well, she, yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> she does. Yes. She, she brings the love. No, but she uh, she's had a long career in serving the needs of people in underserved communities. And she just wants to establish – give access to resources that remove barriers for people in need. I mean there are so many barriers and things that we don't realize that are in our culture and in our world that make it so hard that once you once you fall down in our in our society it is really really hard to get back up it's scary it is scary it's scary and a lot of us think that if if we just it's all based on once you you can just make good choices and it's going to be and work hard and it'll be everything will be it would be so beautiful if it was that simple to yeah. just say i'm going to do it you know i'm going to do that yes right. <laughs> that's right do that. do that no it isn't 
So we've learned a lot. Well, we all have, we're all sinners. We all are flawed, but we all come from different places. We've been given different things in life, family background, mm-hmm. life, life circumstances, even our, our society is has bias deep rooted biases that we often aren't aware of because we de- we tend to benefit from them. Am I I don't want to put words in your mouth. Well, uh, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I just did a I'm I'm in the Valley Leadership uh class for this year. Um so I'm re- real excited about that and this last week um one of the pieces of homework I've had to do is to look at what biases do I have. That you yourself have. That I myself have. And, and I think it's really interesting to be, you know, uh, 63 years old and looking <laughs> at truly, though, but looking right, at right. what are those biases that I still carry um, in the way I engage people in what I do and in in what how I, I offer, you know, help or just my ear to somebody else. Like, what biases do I carry? Right. And it's been really interesting to do some deep soul searching in that. So you would think, you know, you meet someone like yourself who's been working with homeless, the homeless uh, here in Phoenix, gr- ground floor in the lives of people. And you've had a long career working with the underserved through the school system mm-hmm. and and many other capacities. So I've worked um, – I worked in the school system for 35 years right. serving the needs of families, uh, just really looking at how do we remove barriers for – uh, students so that they can be in school every day. It was that yeah, basic. That was and it. Just, that was it. It was just what's keeping them out of the classroom. And sometimes it was their shoes had been stolen or they didn't have clothing or they were forced to move again. There was wow. no food in the home. So I was blessed that I worked for a superintendent who said, if we don't meet those needs for students, then they're never going to be able to be right. in school. How do we teach them to read if they're not here? And so that was my job was to provide those services that kids need it so they could just be there every day. Just to be – just yeah. Just to be and there. I, we, I have choices for my kids when they go to school in the morning. I, I prepare you – know, prepare, but that's such a presumption that everyone has that. That's not true at all. No. I mean we have – we still – and then this is sad, but in this country today, we still have children every day who their only meal um, is what they get at school. And so you oh think about those children that are home right now because of this pandemic. Um, if it wasn't for schools preparing food and making sure that it's in the homes for children, right. they would simply go without. That's hard to fathom. Like, you know, one in five kids. One in five kids hungry. in one of the richest countries in the, right. in the world. And right. that, that's the case. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. So, but that, so I can see a connection now. So how your work in the schools has prepared you mm-hmm. for working with the homeless. Right. I mean, I was uh, probably when they formed the position, but it was, uh, the, you know, when the McKinley-Vento Act was passed mm-hmm. um, and they wanted schools to really identify somebody on their team that was going to address the needs of those students that were identified as homeless. That was me. Okay. And so I made home visits. I would take kids, you know, pick them up and take them to the doctor and uh, whatever the family needed was really our goal to just make sure that they could be there every day. Um, and I loved it. And mm. 35 years. And 35, so wow. the beautiful part to that is, you know, as I'm out in the community now, I'll run into uh, adults now, but they recognize me back from when they attended school and they'll ask me. 
I just think that's powerful. Wow. Right? They remember. Wow. They remember. Um, And I'll never forget one day I ran into a young man, uh, and he said to me, did you work for this school? And I said, yes, I did. And he said, "Um, you know, we were always happy when we saw you turn the corner coming to our house because we knew we would have food that night. Oh, my goodness. And I thought, you know, you always hope that in your lifetime you know that what you did has made a difference. And I knew in that moment that I had for him. And that's really all that ever mattered. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's well, how great that you got to hear that. Exactly. How affirming of your service. Wow. So now you're with Phoenix Rescue Mission. Tell me about what what is Phoenix Rescue Mission? Well, Phoenix Rescue Mission is a life-changing organization that provides uh, residential recovery programs for men, women, and mothers with children up to the age of eight. Uh, We are an outreach provider. And so we're actually out on the street every day, even through this pandemic, Mm. offering help and hope to those who are still experiencing homelessness. We have a food bank in the Glendale area that serves anybody who has a need uh, Monday through Friday. Mm. Again, in-person services right now. Um, So families who are hungry have a place to go to get help. We're taking community markets out into underserved neighborhoods that are considered food deserts and don't have access, easy access to grocery Mm. stores. Um, And so we're taking healthy food out to those communities. We do pop-up markets because we're a part of the St. Mary's Food Bank Alliance and we offer you know, food that way. Um, We partner with um, local elementary schools to provide extra services for them, uh, come alongside neighborhood, you know, groups to do neighborhood cleanups, take our clients out to be a part of that, and some of our donors who want to do big activities. Um, So really what we want to be as an organization is a solution. Mm. Um, What are the problems that we face in the community and how can we come alongside of some of those groups that are doing the work or need the help? Mm. Um, and be that resource and that, uh, you know, that support that needs to happen to make it work. Well, I've been following Phoenix Rescue Mission. Well, for, I've known about them for 15, 20 years, but we've been around since 1952. Since 1952. Oh, I didn't realize it was that long. So we've been around a really long time. So we started off as a, you know, we were a, uh, uh, shelter uh, right. for working poor men and a soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the years, we've just grown and expanded to really grow to meet the needs that are in the community. And we have been through some tremendous transformations to really become now this premier program that offers um, those people in our residential program really mm. the help and the hope that they need in order to build a beautiful life. I can attest for that on many occasions, including uh, I took my daughter to volunteer at the food bank several times, and we have our masks on. We're we're filling up uh, shopping carts for a, mm-hmm. a massive line of people who need a grocery cart of food. 160 to 200 families yeah, a day. A day. Mm-hmm. And so they need volunteers. And so we decided so – my daughter and I could do it together, a teenager, and um, the guy – I. They often the, some of the volunteers are from the program uh-huh. who come and work alongside. And I got to hear for, uh, testimonies of what God is doing in the lives of these people that oftentimes in our culture we, we throw away or we want them to go away. Right. 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 And it was just so beautiful to see the, the Christ in someone's eyes mm-hmm. who would not have – if it wasn't for something like Phoenix Rescue Mission, that might, would never – never had that opportunity. Oh, exactly. I mean every one of our – I think our clients talk about you know the day they came 
and the day they know that Jesus entered their heart, mm. like they feel it and you see it right. in, their, in their face, in their eyes, and just in their sense of hope that they have for themselves. The beautiful part about what we're able to do is to really, um, when people graduate from our program, and our program is a year long and beyond. A year and long, so, yeah. Uh, we have people who who complete a program. It, it takes two years. I mean, it's really mm. self-driven. Lots of different levels and different opportunities: vocational development, leadership training, right. all of that. Um, but we hire um, a lot of our graduates, and they become our street outreach team. They're wow. our intake people. And Danny, who, who better works to at the food serve, bank. right? Exactly. And the young man who runs the right. food bank, graduate of our program. Great guy. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is fantastic. I just think, I mean, it's it, the, the evidence is in the result. I mean, the, the results have changed lives. And you call it the Changing Lives Center, right? At, one, at least one of the places. Right. So the women's campus is called the Changing Lives Center, and that's uh-huh. for women or mothers with children up to the age of uh, eight yeah. or 12, I mean 12. Um, and then our men's campus is the Transformation Lives Center. Transformation Lives. Yeah. Fantastic. And we're growing there. So even through all of this with the pandemic, I mean, we've been able to raise the money to build a new facility on that property. Uh, Currently, we're able to sleep 170 men in our residential program. And when that building is uh, finished and complete and open, will grow to serve the needs of 360 men. Oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. That's more than doubling. And the yeah. need is great, as we all so know. Great. It's so great. Yeah. That's, so, that's fantastic. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. I have in studio Pamela Morrison from the Phoenix Rescue Mission. We're getting a, just a warm uh, – my heart is being warmed as we're talking through what some of the things that are happening at the Phoenix Rescue Mission and the witness of this uh, fantastic, really premier uh, organization. Um, so before we get back into some questions, I, we get to get play. We love get, we love on the show fake news. Okay. Well, and so well, you know how it goes. You say two things about yourself. One's true, and one is not true. And I try to guess what which one is fake. And just so you know, I know about the clown. Okay. <laughs> just so you, I just want to throw that out there. That wasn't one of. Them. Okay. Good. Okay. Just so you know, I didn't want you to try to get me on one that I know. I know that one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Go. So uh, a truth and a and a. But in whatever order you want, truth or falsehood, okay. in any order. I have eight children. You have eight children. Eight children. And um, I've done singing telegrams to raise money. Okay. (laughs) No, that's really good because Pamela is looking at me right in the eye and she has the exact same expression with both. She's good. This this girl is good. So I'm going to say the eight children is fake news. Very much so. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Although that's really what I would have wanted to have with eight children. Really? Yeah. But God gave me my my kids came to me a whole nother way. Like I've my life is filled with people that I've you know you select and let them be a part of your life over the lifetime. Yeah. I have two biological children and a world full of children that I just have loved. That's (laughs) and you know that show eight is enough. Is that what influenced you to have eight? No, I, I don't even know where that number came okay. from. Okay, it's just yeah. a, okay. Interesting. Just a, yeah. <laughs> so back to back to the uh, back to the, the issue the, the the talk about homelessness and um, what is the biggest misconception that people have about homelessness here? Let's maybe, even just Phoenix. Oh, I think the biggest misconception is that uh, people don't want help. Yeah. Because they do. 
I think, um, you know, what happens is there really is a sense of there is little hope left. And if you're the streets are dangerous and Mm -hmm. the streets are scary, um, accessing services is extremely difficult. And we really do not have enough places for people to go to get the help that they need. Um, And all of us, including the Phoenix Rescue Mission, we have ways to get intake Mm. get through intake and and the ways are sometimes not easy and you can't just walk up to a door or a gate or you know and know that today i'm going to make this happen and that that's scary for people Mm. um the idea that if they do have an addiction that they're going to detox or something's going to happen that puts a fear in people too right but the biggest misconception is that they don't want help or that they're lazy we have a program in Glendale called Glendale Works. Okay. Um, Glendale Works is an opportunity for us to really hire people on a daily basis and give them uh, a day labor job, pay them a wage for the day, and, and it's short term. So the idea is that we're not the new day labor resource in the community, right. but we're working alongside this person to look at what are their barriers, how can we remove them to mm-hmm. help them move forward into real employment, real housing, all of that. And people simply are excited because they have an opportunity to work again. And they start to feel worthy again. They start right. to feel like, I can do this. Right. Like, I, there's hope. Like, I can do this. And I want to do something different. And we see it every day. Work brings dignity, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it makes people feel mm-hmm. like, I'm valuable. Mm-hmm. I'm valuable. And I think that mindset is hard for a, a lot of people to understand because sure. we don't – under the, the rejection or the, 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 the way life has – been thrown at some of these people and they may have been told that mm-hmm. like every day of their life. And then you get in a situation that seems to reinforce that. It's a hard mental loop to say, I'm going to go get a great job today. You oh, know, yeah. You know, or I'm just going to get this, a job, yeah, right? Get a jo- and I haven't job. had a shower for a week. Yeah. I don't have an address. I don't have uh, my phone. ID is, you know, I've lost my ID. Right. Um, all of those things become the reality. But in programs like ours, and mm-hmm. we're one of many, but we, I think we're the premier program. Right. So, um, but one of the things that we do is really look at what do you need as a human being to be able to do that? And right. if it's to get your ID replaced, we're going to replace it. Right. Do you need a pair of shoes? Then we're going to make sure you have those shoes. And mm-hmm. if you need clothing, we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really is to look at the individual needs of a human being and say, and let us come alongside of you and really help you find what's best for you. It might be a residential program in our facility. It might be coming to us short term while we help you connect to another program. It may be reconnecting with some services you've walked away from, Mm -hmm. and it may be reengaging with your family. Mm. Our system is so complicated and hard to navigate when you're in great shape. And so when you're in crisis, you know, the idea, I have a friend who's Rock solid and unemployed, been unemployed for a while, and just he said it was like thirty pages of documents to get food stamps or something like that. It was just oh, it was, the, it's overwhelming. all the ho- hoops that he had to go through just to get food stamps, mm-hmm. and uh, that that I I can just yeah. So that's it's really important when we meet someone face to face that we just don't know their story. No, and I think it's also important for us to think about. You think about we think about people right now in this pandemic. We're dealing with two different populations. So there's the person who's chronically homeless on the street. Right, that's right? who we often think of. That's who we think of. Mm-hmm. But what about all of these folks that have lost their jobs? Yeah, or places have downsized, and so right. they're only keeping half of their staffs. And so now people that have never had to apply for benefits, have never had to ask for help, are having to do that. It is humbling and it's scary 
And the first time somebody says to you that you're on that interview or you're, you know, submitting your paperwork right. and they want to know, well, why aren't you applying for jobs right now? I, I am. I'm just not getting anything. Right. right? It's it's hard. Oh, and and then people drive by them and say, get it, yell out, get a job or something. Get a like job. That. Yeah, yeah. Get as a if, job. Yeah. Just yeah. get a job. Just get up. That'll fix everything. Yeah. As if, but they're not willing to help someone get a job. <laughs> no. no. Or hire them. Right. 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 So what is, uh, what's a like? We're sitting here, li- just listening to this program, and it's there's often this guilt that that can pr- be pervasive when we drive by the intersections and there's someone asking for money. What's something our listeners can do when they're in this cir- uh, circumstance and they're faced with homelessness? Someone who's homeless. How we can we show be a more have a more thoughtful response? The one thing is, is we we as an organization don't recommend that you had hand money out your window. Right. Like that's not the thing, and it's also not to hand the sandwiches out or right. or anything like that. But it really is to um, look somebody in the eye and maybe say to them, "I'm sorry you're in this situation," and have you know I can make a phone call for you. Right. Um, here's the phone number to the Phoenix Rescue Mission. You right. can refer them to an organization. Um, but it's really, um, when you think about what do you really do with your eyes when you engage somebody who's right. homeless on the street corner? You we look them. away. Yeah, you're afraid they're going to ask you for something. Right. And right. so it's really to just maybe acknowledge that they're there. You don't have to talk to them. Right. You don't have to engage. But don't look past them. Look right. at them and let yeah. them know that they're still human um, because they are and they hurt just like we hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and we on our website offer our referral cards that give our intake information. You can print those off and you can hand those out your window. Nice. Um, and I, I really think that's the best way right. um, to really try to help people connect to the services that are out there. That's so helpful. And uh, you're meeting, it's a dignified way. It's not, and I, I call. I, I often talk about the drive-by charity approach, which is really not helpful, as opposed to the dignity where you you're meeting someone human being to human being. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I uh, I run early in the morning and I'll bring my dog, and I just often stop and with homeless, in, like I'm in downtown Scottsdale or something, and and talk and and let my them pet my dog. Mm-hmm. And just talk. Talk. How did it go last night? And and that's actually many of them are surprised right. that someone would stop and talk to them. Right. And I mean, then, you just yeah. think about. I mean, all all any of us want is that human connection. Yeah. Right. Um, and we've all learned that through this pandemic, as right. we've all spent more time working at home, uh, less time in in groups and stuff. Um, and that's really all we all want. Mm. Um, and so just to have somebody say, I hope you're okay today. Can yeah. I pray for you today? Um, sounds corny, but I will tell you, I've never had anybody say to me, don't pray for don't me. Don't pray for me. Like they welcome that. Yeah. Right. Wow. So um, you don't have to do it. Oh, oh, like you don't have to say it to them. So, but when I right. see somebody, I say, Lord, please let yeah. this person be safe. Let them find the help that they mm-hmm. need. And uh, and maybe it's us, right? Maybe it's the Phoenix maybe it is. Yeah, and I think being open to how God can use us, right? So if if we attend a church, how can our churches connect to the work that Phoenix Rescue Mission is doing? There are just um, so many ways. Uh, the Phoenix Rescue Mission um, offers a variety of opportunities for people to get engaged uh, with volunteer opportunities. We do mentoring opportunities. Bible study opportunities, teaching opportunities, um, working at our food bank. But some of the greatest needs right now are food drives for the need that we're seeing across the valley, um, 
clothing drives. We have our winter wonderland coming up soon, mm. which will be Christmas for okay. children. Um, and so contact the Phoenix Rescue Mission and you can get involved in those activities. You do them in your neighborhood, in your churches, you collect the items. And by partnering with us, we're going to get those to the children that have the greatest need in the valley. That's fantastic. Um, and that's easy. You can go online to the, our website at phoenixrescuemission.org. Okay. Um, and it will list out volunteer opportunities. It connects you to um, different stories about different people that have been through our program. But it also um, has a place where you can simply go on and also make a, a monetary donation. And you sure. can choose how you want that to be used mm-hmm. um, so that it supports the it supports the areas of our programs that you desire to support. Mm-hmm. Um, we have licensed counselors. And so we're, we're dealing with the trauma and the drama that people have had in their lives. If you want to help support that, there are ways for you to yes. do that. If you want to help with just giving items that are needed, we have a great need for that. Um, you can order cookies for us that are made by our ladies right. and program Mission, Mission Possible, Possible Cafe, the baker. Right. Yes. And the- those cookies can be shipped to your family around the country. Okay. Um, and that money supports our program and our vocational development services. But now you've sent some great cookies made by ladies yeah. in recovery to your family. So, and I think what a better what better way, especially with the holidays, to be at your family's table with them. I was secretly hoping you would have a cookie in your purse or something like that when I oh, can't. Right. Sure. Next, time. Yeah. Next time. Next time. It has been a pleasure having you on this program. I just love hearing, love to see you. And it's great to have you on and hear the wonderful ministry of Phoenix Rescue Mission. PhoenixRescueMission.org to learn more and get involved. God bless you, Pamela, and the ministry that you're doing. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org.